Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Well, it's a real joy and a pleasure to have Pastor Esteban San Martin with us this morning. I'm sure you know about him, but I'm going to give you more information for those that don't know of him. Uh, he's been in the ministry since 2000. Uh, in 2010, uh, his, his wife, Erica, and himself started a new church in Brisbane, and it's called Power Church. And God is really blessing him, and God is using him in a powerful way. He's, he's a passionate speaker, um, and he preaches the gospel, and that's what he wants. He wants to see great things happen. You know, the gospel is um, confirmed through signs and wonders and miracles in people's lives. That's what he wants to see, and that's what happened in Acts. And so God wants to move through him, and he wants to share the word to God of God today. Uh, Pastor Esteban is also a member of the executive for the CCA, and he's a close friend of our church. So I want you to put your seatbelts on and give him a warm welcome as he comes up. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Joseph. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? A beautiful Sunday morning. What a privilege that we have in this country to be able to come out to church on a Sunday morning freely. Amen. There's no risk that someone's going to stop us and ask us, where are you going? Amen. We have a freedom in this country that we should always be grateful for. Amen. To lift up, worship our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So good to be with you this morning. Thank you, Pastor Joe and Lena. They're not here this morning, obviously for the invitation to come and share the Word of God with you. Thank you, Pastor Joseph. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing this morning to your life. Having been here for about three years, I believe, or before COVID, I think I had a hair before then. I think, yeah, I had a bit of a hairdo going. Amen. And it's been a long time since I haven't had the privilege to preach here at this beautiful church. Uh, it's always great to be here to share God's Word with you. And my prayer is always, whenever I preach, whether it's at my home church or uh, interstate or overseas, is that uh, the people that hear the word, their faith will be built up. The Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Amen. So that's, that is what we are to preach, God's word. And if we preach God's word, faith comes. Amen. Faith will come. And then we can uh, operate that faith in our faith journey and be victorious. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 4. And then we're going to skip down to verse 12 through to verse 16. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 4. And then go to verse 12 through to verse 16. The word of the Lord says the following. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's go to verse 12. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What does this mean? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. 
But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them all, You men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunk as you think, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Verse 16, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Powerful. Verse 16, but this is that. Everybody say this. this. Come on, say this like you had your wee picks. This, this. is that. Hmm. Now, I like the church getting involved when I preach, amen? So let's do this together. This is that. Now, okay, not, not, not the whole service, amen? Not, not the whole, okay. Uh, this obviously has to do with the, the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. There was a mighty outpouring of God's Holy Spirit as the disciples had been praying for 10 days in the upper room. God poured out his spirit and they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. They spoke with other tongues. Some interesting things happened there. Fire on their head, a wind from heaven, sound from heaven. And uh, the power of God was released in their midst. And uh, there's mockers and there's uh, people that are asking, what does this mean? Are they drunk? And then the apostle Peter gets up and begins to testify and explain that they are not drunk as you think. Something supernatural has happened here. And then he says these, these words, this is that. This, what you see happening right now, is actually that which was promised. And I want to talk about that this morning just for a few minutes. From promise to proclamation. Going from the promise to the proclamation. And, and I want to just release this out as I get started that I believe that some of you prophetically are going to go into a season where you're going to have to testify, this is that. This that is going on right now in my life, it is that which God promised to me. It is that which God spoke to me. It is that which God laid upon my heart, that which was prophesied over my life. That which God showed me, the dream that God showed me. This is not a fluke. This didn't just happen by coincidence. This is that. And it all starts with a promise. Amen. It all starts with a promise. The, uh, the apostles in Acts chapter 1 verse 4 actually were given a promise. It's a foundation, amen, for the proclamation. There are many that proclaim without a promise. It's, that's, that's presumptuousness. That's just uh, yeah, f- hoping and, 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 and uh, just trying to make something up. But when you need to proclaim as a result of a promise. He says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the promise of the Father. So there's a promise. Everything starts with a promise. The promise from God to us. It all starts with a word. He promised them that they would receive something, but they are to wait for it. Every promise that comes from God has a waiting period attached to it. I just want to take you just through a few steps here this morning from the promise to the proclamation. Just bear with me as we go through this. We'll get to the proclamation hopefully soon. But they receive a promise from Jesus. Do not depart Jerusalem. Wait 
for the promise. So you know it's a promise from God when you have to wait for it. You know God has spoken something to you when you have to wait for it. The old King James word is tarry, wait. Amen. We live in a generation that receives a promise and we want it tomorrow. And that can be frustrating. That can be discouraging. We have to understand that the promises that come from God always have a waiting period attached to it. Wait. Talking about waiting with expectation. Talking about waiting with action. God has promised me something. God has laid something on my heart. God has spoken a word. God has promised something concerning my marriage, concerning my family, concerning my ministry. There's a promise from God, whether spoken, whether you read it, whether it's imparted to you, whether you see a dream or a vision, God gives you a promise that you are to wait for it. So that's, that's the waiting. That's the being expectant, expectation attached to the waiting. People today are not willing to wait with expectation. Amen. They're not willing to wait with expectation and with the right attitude for the promises of God. We have a quick, fix, microwave mentality generation. Amen. We want everything to happen quickly. I don't want to wait. If it's of God, it should happen tomorrow. No, beloved, I've understood that if it's from God, there's a waiting period. And it's, it's, it's how we wait. It's how we pursue the promise. Uh, I'm going to heaven, Jesus says to his disciples, but I've got a promise for you. But that promise, you're going to have to wait for it. That promise, you're going to have to be expected. This, this is not a waiting where you just sit down and say, okay, God, do it. Okay, God, I'm here. No, it's a waiting. It's a, it's a, it's a doing something. In the case of the disciples, they went to the upper room and they prayed. And they sought the face of God. And that leads us to the second point, is process. Everybody say process. So God takes us from the promise to the process. We're leading to the proclamation. So there's a promise. I've got something. God's given me something. God's spoken something. Then I go into a process. The disciples went into a process of 10 days. 10 days where they went to the upper room, they prayed, they, they interceding in one accord, saying, God, we pray for this promise. Give us this promise. The process, the journey of a promise always has a process attached to it. Everybody say process. Nobody likes the process. The process is where God develops us. The process is where God makes us. The process is where God uh, stretches us and matures us and grows us. In the process that you go through, you hold on to the promise. You hold on to the word of God. I'm doing this because I have a promise. I'm, I'm praying because I have a promise. I'm going on this journey because God has given me a promise. I know I have heard from God. I have a vision. I have a goal. And I'm on this process now. You know, it's funny. With God, he gives you a promise, and then he introduces you into a process. And the process always has problems. Have you noticed that with God? So he gives you a promise, and then he throws you into a process, and the process always has problems attached to it. It's, it's on a road called patience. So he gives you a promise, and he goes, okay, okay, now go in the process, amen, with a whole lot of problems. 
on a road called patience. Can you say amen, church? Hallelujah. People avoid the process. But if you avoid the process, the promise will avoid you. Oh, hallelujah. People avoid the process. But if you avoid the process, the promise is going to avoid you. In the process is where God makes us. In the process is where God sharpens us. In the process is where God develops us. Welcome the process. God has promised you something, and in order to give you that promise, He needs to process you. He needs to prepare you. He needs to take out of you what needs to be taken out. He needs to put in what needs to be put in. Amen. He needs to make us realize that we are not who we think we are. We are not who we think we are. And so he needs to work it out. Work it out. You know, have you ever seen a processor? When they put the eggs and the flour and the sugar into that processor, when they put the vegetables, if they're making something else, it's a whole lot of chopping going on. It's a whole lot of pain. Pain in the process. Patience in the process. God gives you a promise and leads you into a process. He tells Abraham, I'm going to give you a son and then leads him through 20 years of no son. Joseph has a dream that he's going to be king and he's going to have dominion. And God says, okay, now go into a process. And in the process, you're going to be betrayed. In the process, you're going to be falsely accused. In the process, you're going to go to prison. Amen. But it's because I'm making you to be who I can see you to be. I'm making you into that man that you see in the dream. If you take the process too early, the process will crush you. You've got to go through a process. If you take the promise, sorry, too early, the, the, the promise will crush you. You've got to go through a process. Amen. Nothing happens quick with God. Can the church say glory to God this morning? Come on process welcome the process maybe right now you're in the middle of a process but you've got a promise you've got a promise from God and you're in a process and 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 God is working it God is developing it you know because God is more interested in the in the growth in your growth than in your goals God is more interested in your growth than in your goals listen to this if we only focus on the prize and not on the process to achieve the prize, then we will miss all the personal growth that happens on the journey. And when the process becomes difficult, which it will, amen, it will be easy to quit and to walk away from what we should be walking into. Hallelujah. John chapter 6, verse 60 to 69, powerful little story that the disciples... Obviously, the disciples, especially Peter, has been told by God, follow me and I will make you fishes of men. Follow me, follow me on a journey and I will make you a fisher of men. That's the promise. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. But you've got to follow me. You know, this, this Peter's, Peter is unpolished, rough, fisherman has an anger problem, you know, and, and, he's, and he wants to cut ears off. And, 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 and Jesus says, if you follow me, 
I'm going to make you, I'm going to process you, I'm going to perform in you what I can see in you. Hallelujah. Mm. When Jesus saw Peter coming out of that water, rough on the edges, from the wrong crowd, with a violent character, when Jesus saw him, hallelujah, you ready for this? Jesus didn't see the, that fisherman rough on the edges that was in front of him. Jesus saw through him and saw Peter at the day of Pentecost preaching the first New Testament sermon. He saw, come on, give the Lord a big clap for him this morning. He saw through him. And he, and he says, man, I, can, I see a man who will preach the gospel to the nations. I see a man who will lead and head up the church in the book of Acts. I see a man whose shadow will heal. I see a man who will raise the dead. In front of me, I see an unpolished, rough on the edges, good for nothing, uneducated man. But I can see through and I can see the potential that he has. But Peter, for you to get there... You have to follow me and let me make you. That's the process. And, 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 and you're going to be tempted to walk away. Do you notice that, that Jesus is always dealing with Peter? He's always dealing with Peter. He's always telling Peter off. Get behind me, Satan. He's always dealing with Peter. But because Peter's on the process. Peter's being worked out by God because he's going to be a preacher. He's going to be the head of the church in the book of Acts. The greater the process you're going through, the greater the promise that God's going to give you. Hallelujah. But you're going to have many opportunities to walk away in the process. You know, many of the disciples, when they heard this, John 6, 6 verse 60 says, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? This is, this is a difficult part of the process. I don't understand what you're talking about, Jesus. Jesus was talking about eat my flesh, drink my blood. And the disciples said, this is a hard saying. Another, another version is, this is hard to swallow. This is difficult to comprehend. You're going through seasons where you go through circumstances that are hard to swallow. Difficult to understand difficult to comprehend and when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at this another word listen to this is complained when Jesus knew that his disciples complained they were complaining because it was getting too hard they were complaining because it was getting too tough but these are the boys that are going to preach the gospel to the world they've got to toughen up God's taking you somewhere this morning. What God has promised to you shall come to pass, but you've got to go through into the pressure cooker in the process. And it's easy to start complaining and to start murmuring about what we once were excited about. Are you here, church? Is Pentecostal church this morning? Baptocostal, I think. Come on, say amen, hallelujah. This is a hard saying. This is a hard part of the journey. I can't swallow this. This is too difficult. We start complaining about what we once celebrated. We start complaining about what we once were excited about. You know, when you get excited when, when, when you first get married, 
When you first get married, you're passionate and you're celebrating and you're excited about this journey you've started. And then, and then God says, okay, go on a journey. Go, go through the process. Amen. So that your love and, 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 and your devotion and your covenant can be based on truth and real things. Not just appearances and, and lovey-lovey things. You know what I mean. More substance. More foundation. But complaining is a good indicator that we've lost focus. How many disciples walked out of the upper room during that 10-day period waiting for the promise, but they didn't like it that they were there so long? You know, if it was God, it would have happened two days in. We're still here six days in. We haven't had a shower. I'm hungry. I want to go back to my family, and, and, and I'm out of here. Because complaining is a good indicator we've lost focus. Complaining is a good indicator of of our, our, our focus has shifted from the main things to minor things. And then complaining, if we don't catch it, leads to offense. His disciples murmured at this, and he said unto them, Does this offend you? What if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? And then he keeps going, and then it says in verse, there it says, Then said Jesus unto the twelve. Sorry, let me read the verse before that. It says there, Therefore said I unto you, no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples walked away and went back. They went back and they walked with him no more. They walked away. They walked away just because they came to a place that was difficult to swallow. They walked away just because they came to a place in the process where God was teaching them greater things. They walked away just because they're going was getting tough. How many of them walked away from destiny? The, the same promise for Peter was the same promise for these disciples. But these disciples walked away. Disciples walked away. And then Jesus turns to Peter and says, do you want to walk as well? In other words, this is going to get tough. This is going to get harder. I'm shaping you, I'm processing you, I'm developing you. And I love what Peter says. Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. And we believe and we are sure that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. In other words, Peter's saying, look, I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on. I don't really comprehend this, this, this revelation and, and this season that I'm going through. I don't, I don't com comprehend it. I can't understand it. I, I, I can't even uh, uh, swallow it or process it in my natural mind. But one thing I know, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And what he's saying is this, I'm going nowhere. I'm going nowhere because you've promised me that I will be a fisher of men and, and I trust you that you will lead me and you won't, you won't allow things to happen that will destroy me and that will crush me. Everything is for my good and I'm going nowhere. Do you know that God is with you today? 
in the midst of that battle, in the midst of that trial, in the midst of that tribulation, in the midst of that un- unanswered prayer, in the midst of battles and, and in the midst of, of, of pressure that you might be going through and, and, and quest- you might be even questioning in the midst of that. Do, can you say this morning, I'm going nowhere because I know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Everybody say process, process. Say God gives you a promise and he leads you into a process. My God has done that with me my whole Christian life. Gives you a promise and he leads you into a process where it gets tough. But I've realized the process makes you. The process develops you. The process brings out of you faith you didn't know you had. The process, amen, causes you to understand how God works and it gets you ready for the promise. Then number three is the posture. Everybody say posture. Our posture and our position is so important in the process. Our posture of praise and our posture of worship, an attitude, an attitude that is right. We are not moved by our feelings. We are moved by what God says. Our posture in the process is very important, church. Our our attitude, our outlook, the way we conduct ourselves, our confession is very important. All things work together for good to them that love God. We believe in our hearts, we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I was laughing with the church before, the, the Italian congregation, you know, there are people that you, you, you see them coming on a Sunday morning, they're praising, they're worshipping, they've got their big smile on their face and they're excited. They come to the front and they're jumping up and down and, and, uh, and you say, hey, hey, you're happy today? He goes, yeah, yeah, I've got a bonus. You know, I've got a bonus at work and, and things are going so well. I've got money in the bank. And then the following Sunday you see them, the same person come in, head down, moaning and groaning, looking for the back seat, and there's no singing, there's no celebrating. You say, hey, hey, brother, what's wrong? I got laid off at work. I've got no money in the bank. So I say, brother, you can, you're praising God just because of what you have. You have to praise God no matter what's going on in your life. You have to worship God no matter what. Our posture is important. Our posture is important. That's what the Bible would say, and Potiphar saw that the hand of God was on Joseph. Betrayed by his brothers, sold by his brothers, with a promise, amen, a slave. And, and Potiphar saw that the hand of God was on him because everything he did prospered. That tells me Joseph had a good attitude. He had a posture he had, a, he had a, an outlook. He says, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I've been betrayed. I don't know why this is going on in my life. But one thing I know, God is still God. God promised me something. God is faithful to fulfill what he promised. Can you say amen, church, this morning? Attitude, your praise, an attitude of gratitude. Posture, that in Acts chapter 1, the posture of the disciples was right. They were praying. They were in one accord. Amen. We've got to be in the house of God. We've got to raise our hands. We've got to lift up our voice and declare the greatness of God. Just because bad things happen to you does not mean you cannot worship God. Posture is so important. Many miss it in this moment of posture. 
When the going gets tough, they go. The praise goes. The worship goes. The hunger for God goes. The attitude goes. So we got promise. Amen. Process. Posture. And then the performance. God performs when God begins to respond. And we see it here in Acts chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. The sud- suddenly is not suddenly as you and I think it. It's, it's, a, it's a sudden moment, but as a result of a process. It's like a woman that is pregnant. She suddenly comes on with birth pains and suddenly gives birth. But it's not suddenly. She's been pregnant for nine months. See, the suddenlies of God is when he begins to maneuver and he, be, and he begins to perform the promise. He begins to do things. He begins to orchestrate. And it seems like suddenly, but you've been 20 years on the process. You've been five years in the middle of this thing. You've been walking through trials and tribulations with a promise, holding on to the promise with a good posture, and now God comes on the scene suddenly and things begin to be put into place by God. The miracle starts to happen. One thing joins with another thing, and it's like all the doors begin to open suddenly, but really it's not suddenly. It's as a result of, I got a promise, I went on a process, I had a posture, and now God is orchestrating. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Now, all of a sudden, Joseph goes from the prison to the palace in one day. Come on, come on, come on, come on. He goes from the prison to the palace. He he wakes up in the prison, and he goes to bed in the palace. My, my, my. That's, That's a sudden turnaround, but it was 14 years of process. 14 years of a journey with a promise. My God, I know you gave me that dream. But right now I'm in the prison, but I'm going to act right anyway. And one day things just turn and God begins to perform. Beloved, when God responds, he responds. When God starts working, he starts working. Come on, church. When God starts orchestrating things, there's an acceleration. There's a suddenly. Things begin to just line up. Prayers are answered. God does what he does, and sometimes it does not even make sense. When God starts performing the miracle, it doesn't even make sense to your natural mind, to your natural eye. If you think about the disciples, they're praying for this promise, but they don't know what's going to come. They they don't know how the promise is going to unfold. You see there, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all their house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them. What's this? What's this fire on my head? What's this wind? What's this sound? We don't understand what's going on. But God is moving. I said God is moving. God's ways are higher than our ways. Oh, hallelujah. Don't try to get involved when God's moving. Don't try to reason it with your natural mind because he can do in one day what would take us one year. 
sometimes we come in and we, 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 we detain the workings of God because we don't understand how God works. So imagine you and I in this, in this situation, the fire on our head, the wind, the, 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 the noise. What is this? What is this? What's going on? What's happening? It's the miracle. It's the performance. Come on. He's like Abraham. Now. Now he's having a son at the age of 100. Do you know that God, and, and it's funny how God does things, isn't it? That he, he leaves it to you come to your wit's end and then he comes on the scene. You've tried everything. You tried to get this promise to happen in your timing. And God says, no, I'm still growing you. Oh. I'm still developing you. I'm still sharpening you. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still maturing you. So, and, and, and we try to make the promise happen. Beloved, just, just be faithful in the process. Have a right posture. And then leave the performance to Him. Oh, hallelujah. Leave the performance to God. Leave the performance to God. Abraham tries to make this thing happen. He says, no, God, you don't know I'm getting old. And Romans chapter 4 says he was dead. He was dead. He was dead. There's no chemist back then. He was dead. He says, God, don't you know I'm dying? I'm dead. He wasn't dead physically. He was dead. He was, he was God. I look at my wife and I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel anything. So bring me a younger one. Oh, he got excited all of a sudden. And he had an Ishmael. He birthed an Ishmael trying to bring the promise because it was taking too long. And God is still training him and developing him because he's the father of faith. Romans chapter 4 says it so clearly. And is it written, I have made you a father of many nations, Abraham. Before him who believed even God who quickens the dead and caused those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body which was now dead. So he understood. After the Ishmael situation God says come on man I've told you I'm going to raise a seed from you and Sarah trust me believe me and at least seven times seven times on this journey seven times God came to him and spoke the same word to him I shall make you a father of many nations see he's going through this thing and God always reminds him of the promise you always come back to the promise you always come back to his word. His word is faithful. You always come back to what God spoke. You always come back to the prophetic word. You always come back to what God showed you. You always come back to what God revealed to you. And it's like God saying, Abraham, let me, let me put the word in front of you again. Let me put the promise in front of you again. I know it doesn't look like it. I know it just seems like all hell is breaking loose. And I just, it looks like everything's going out of place. And it, lo it looks terrible right now. But let me put this promise. I've made you a father of many nations. I know your body is, is, is getting old, but I'm going to do something. And I'm going to wait till you get really old so that I get all the glory. It's the performance. Come on, say performance. 
I prophesy to you this morning that God's going to perform some things in your life that are going to be outside of the norm, hallelujah, that are going to be supernatural. Come on. God is going to do some supernatural things, praise God. God is going to manifest His power and He's going to perform the miracle. Be not weak in faith. He considered not His own body now dead when He was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Sarah's womb was dead. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Listen to this. Listen to this. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Come on, church. Hallelujah. He was also able to perform. And so here comes this fire, here comes this sound, here comes this wind, and they are all baptized with the Holy Ghost. They receive the promise, and then there's these doubters, and there's these mockers. You're always going to have mockers. You're always going to have doubters coming against you. They don't like what God's doing. They want to minimize what God's doing. It's like the man that received sight, blind Bartimaeus, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, are saying, you know, you weren't healed. This is that man is not a prophet. And the guy says, I'm healed. What do you mean I wasn't healed? I was blind. Now I see. No, you weren't. What do you mean? No, I wasn't. Tell us what he did to you. And at the end, he says there in John, I've got it there in John chapter 9. It says, he says, Look, guys, whether he's God or not. He goes, all I know, one thing I know, I was blind, now I see. One thing, I, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what's happened here. I don't know how it happened. I don't know what God did. One thing I know is that I was blind and now I see. And Peter, I, I, I don't know. You, you, the mockers can come, the, 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 the doubters can come. But one thing I know, a few weeks ago, I, be, I, I, I denied Jesus. I denied Jesus three times. And one thing I know that now I have a courage and, a, and, and an anointing to preach the gospel in front of the thousands. I, one thing I know, I don't, all I can tell you that something good has happened here. And then he stands up and he gives the proclamation. He gives the proclamation. This is our cele celebration and this is our testimony. This is where we publish and we declare what the Lord has done. From the promise to the proclamation. He says, these are not drunk as you think. These, these are not drunk as you think. This is that. Oh, it started with a promise. But now we've arrived, arrived where there's been a performance. And I want to declare that this is is that which was promised to me by God. Wouldn't it be great that you go into some seasons in your life where you declare this is that, hallelujah. This which you see right now happening in my life is that which was prophesied to me. This is that which I dreamed. This is that which I prayed for. This is that which I was faithful and persistent for. This is that. This is that. Come on, say, this is that. This is the healing that God promised me. This is that. This is the miracle. Can you imagine Abraham walking around with the baby? A hundred and 
so years old, walking around like he's the man. You know, he's the man. He's the man. He's walking around 100 years old. And they said, hey, Abraham, what is that? Who is that? And he says, this is that which was promised to me in my 80s. Hallelujah. They Joseph, Joseph in the palace. Hey, Joseph, what's happened? You were, you were in the prison this morning. What's happened, Joseph? This is that. Jesus, Jesus goes to the cross. He endured the cross, the pain of the process. And now he's at the right hand of the Father. And he looks at you and he looks at me. And he says, this is that which was promised to me. And that's why I went to the cross. This is that. You know, one day when you, when you die, when we die, and you're going to go to heaven, and you're going to walk in heaven, you're going to see the streets of gold. And you're going to say, what is this? And you're going to say, this is that. Shakarababa, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, this is that. Some of you are going to walk into your home, say, hey, check it out. This is that. It wasn't a fluke. It wasn't given to me. It wasn't by coincidence. We went on a journey. We were on a promise. Journey. And my, we've developed. My, we're stronger. My, I can take on the world now. This is that. Some of you are going to walk, your marriage is on the brink of separation and divorce. But you're holding on to a thread of a promise that God gave. And you'll be able to walk around one day and say, this is that. Is there a father or a mother here that has a son or a daughter away from God? And you're holding on to a promise for that son, for that daughter. And you know God's spoken that he will come back, she will come back. But right now, he's in this world. The Lord says one day, you will say this is that which was promised to me a long time ago. And I didn't waver. I didn't loosen my grip. My posture was right. I continued going to church in the midst of the battle. I continued raising my hands in the midst of the trial. I continued preaching the gospel when everybody left me. I continued. I continued loving when people hated. I continued forgiving when people hurt me. I continued keeping on because I had a promise. And now this is that. Laugh if you want. Doubt if you want. Oh, you got that because you, you stole money. No, 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 no. I didn't steal money. This is that. This This church, I prophesy, this church will have this, is that moments. This is that moments. You know, I've dreamed, I've dreamed, I have dreamed in my, in my, in my dreams. God's given me dreams. I've seen, I've seen in my dreams. I was praying for a man, had no hand. And in the dream, I saw the hand forming. And when I saw that, I fell on my face and I said, God.
That's what I've been praying for. Signs, wonders, and miracles. And I woke up. And if that, if that was to happen, which it will, because God is a God of miracles, we say, hey, this is that. This is that which God promised us. How many of you know that we need a revival in this, in this nation? How, how many of you know that we need a revival? We need an awakening. And there are many that churches, pastors, we're in the process saying, God, we need a revival. We need an awakening. And it looks bad. It looks like it's never going to come, but it's, it's coming. There's a revival coming. Hallelujah. There's an awakening coming. God's going to move by the power of His Spirit. And when it does... We're going to say this is that which was promised to us by God. Amen. Let's all stand up this morning. I'll hand it over.